Welcome to Sabrina Artel's Trailer Talk. I'll bring you all kinds of stories from all kinds of people. Whether it's a live public conversation and we're speaking from the kitchen table of my 1965 Beeline Travel Trailer, from the studios or on the streets, please sit back and enjoy the conversation right here this time every week. Our task must be to free ourselves by widening our circle of compassion, to embrace all living creatures and the whole of nature and its beauty. Albert Einstein. I'm Sabrina, and I want to welcome you all to my virtual kitchen table of my travel trailer. And I'm very excited to introduce you to Todd Friedman, who is my neighbor. I am in Liberty, New York, in the Catskills, and Todd is in Parksville, but he's really right around the corner. And it's a delight for me to introduce Todd and I want to share that it also makes me feel so good to know that I have a neighbor who is providing sanctuary for animals. Todd is the founder of Arthur's Acres Animal Sanctuary, and he shares that kindness, positivity, and compassion for all living beings is the mission that he has been charged with. Arthur's Acres Animal Sanctuary is a pig rescue. So, Todd, welcome. Well, thank you for thank joining you. me. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. So let's start with how did this evolve? And I mean, I've always been an animal lover. Uh, even as a kid, I've always really, I, I felt like a special connection to animals. And, you know, in growing up, I always was drawn to animals. And that's where I felt most at home you know, with animals and always having a pet. And um, I found myself owning a print shop in New Jersey and um, I was doing that for 10 years and I was just getting, you know, I was ready to change my life. Something was about it wasn't right. And I started volunteering at a sanctuary um, in upstate New York and um, I started doing it like once a month. Then I started doing it, you know, twice a month. Then I started doing it, you know, once, uh, once on the weekends, and I started doing it every weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Um, I did that for two years. And, and in doing that in the process, I just realized that, you know, this is what I want to do. And um, I don't want to um, do anything else. So I'm sorry. Do you hear that in the background? I do. What is that? Todd, could you get the food away from the cat? The cats are eating dog food. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. But wait a minute. I just want to insert here that I know because of your incredibly delightful and moving videos, you, you take us right into your home and into the barn and onto the land of Arthur's Acres. So I know that you have a couple of pigs that live in your house. There's three right oh, now. Three. There's, there's, there's Wilbur, there's Joaquin and Princess in the Kitchen. And then I think we have four cats in here right now and a dog. So there's there's a couple of uh, so there's Joaquin right there and now, Princess. Now doesn't Joaquin have a kind of a reputation? Is he a little He's a tough? brat. Yeah, he's a brat. <laughs> but he's tiny and there's Princess oh, in the kitchen. Will you share the story of Princess with us? Yeah, sure. So Princess uh, so I just want to show you. So Wilbur's right on the couch next to me. And Wilbur. Yeah, so please introduce us to your companions, your family, and my neighbors. Well, they're my family. So Wilbur, unfortunately, was dumped at a, uh, a animal shelter in New York City. Now, uh, there is this belief that a micro pig or teacup pig 
exists where you buy a pig and it's 30 pounds and it's put in your pocketbook. It does not exist. There's no such thing of it, but these breeders keep telling people there are. So there's an epidemic that people are buying pigs and, and they get too big and then they dump them. And so a lot of our animals are from that. So Wilbur was dumped in New York City as you know, a young pig because he started getting bigger and you're not allowed to have pigs in New York City. So that was not a great idea or a great decision on their part anyway. So we got him from New York City shelter. And how big is he at this point? He's probably about 160, right, Bubus? You're about 160, 180? <laughs> oh, it depends on before or after lunch. Uh, right? I know that our listeners can't see what I'm seeing right now, but there they are in your living room with pillows and blankets. Oh, yeah. You know, they kind of make themselves at home. They kind of decide, you know, Wilbur's in the house because he was my first pop belly. He was really lonely in the barn. He only spent one night in the barn and it was terrible. Princess, who we rescued from a horrible breeding situation in uh, New Jersey, and she was being bred basically to death. She was kept in like a four by six, completely dark stall. Male pigs were thrown into her until she was pregnant in with her. And then their gestation period is short. So it's three months, three weeks, and three days. So every four months they'd get her pregnant and she's on the smaller side. So she's 90 pounds, which is pretty much the lightest you'll see a healthy pig. So she's the smallest pig that you would see that actually is considered a small, they call them mini pigs because they're smaller than farm pigs. She was a mess when um, I got a call by another sanctuary rancher relax in New Jersey and they asked me to take a piglet. They said, you know, it's the only piglet out of a litter that survived. They called me and we're nursing her. I said, you know, I'm just starting out. I can't nurse an animal over three hours. I'm trying to do everything here. And then usually I, I'm able to say no and I'm able to block it out and not be depressed for the rest of the day. But I called my friend back and I said, well, what's up with the mother? You know, will they give up the mother? She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I could take a mother, you know, you know, I could take a mother. And she's like, well, let me find out. She, he hasn't given her up in 10 years. There's a cat. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't given her up in 10 years. He's made a lot of money off her and I doubt he'll let her go. I said, we'll find out. And he decided that he would do it, which is so weird. I don't even know why I asked about the mother, you know, it was just random, you know? And she came here and it took, uh, you know, she was a mess. She's blind because she never saw the light of day for 10 years. She's skittish because she was obviously beaten. They called her grandma. If you go near her, she's very skittish, but incredibly sweet. It took about three or four months for her to come up to me and be comfortable with me. And then um, she was living at the barn because she liked very quiet situations. And then one day she walked up the house, pushed in the door and moved in. And that was it. You know, I kind of like, if they can make their way up here, and they don't have accidents in the house because they're smart. You know, they are instantly potty trained. They don't peer poop where they sleep. They're smarter than dogs. They're the fourth smartest animal where a dog is 14. So they're instantly potty trained. And then Joaquin, a couple of weeks ago, made his way up the stairs, up the ramp. We have ramps to come up to the house. And he just pushed his way in during the day, took a nap during lunch one day, and then goes out and comes and just, you know, he's trying to fit in with these guys. And it's all good, you know, as long as they don't, I wouldn't say tear apart the house because they kind of um, rearrange things. They don't do real damage. A lot of blankets everywhere. Seems that they like to bury and burrow. They burrow. They, they, you know, they'll nest. And so they do that. And so they're everywhere. You know, Wilbur moved onto the couch and he was hiding being on the couch for a long time. So, well, I didn't know he was on the couch. So he'd go to, I'd go to sleep and then he'd be on the couch and then he'd come down. He, would, he wouldn't be on the couch. I'd never see him on the couch. And then my neighbor stopped by and was looking for me, looked in my window and she says, oh, that's cute. Wilbur's on the couch. I said, what? So he, apparently he was, as soon as I left, he'd go on the couch. So now he just feels comfortable on the couch. So 
we end up sitting on the floor watching TV while he takes over the whole couch. But Okay, so Todd, what I want to know is what happens if King Carl <laughs> or Morty makes their way up that ramp into your home? We'll have to take out some couches and chairs and, you know, I, I would have them all into the house if I wanted to, if, the, if that could happen, you know, I'm telling you, I would move into the barn. I mean, it's, I'm happiest when I'm with pigs. And so it's, it's wonderful. You know, I, I would bring them all to the house. I mean, Carl, I don't know if he'd get through the front door, but we might <laughs> how, have to. How much does Carl weigh? Now I've met Carl. He's huge. He's 950 pounds. And we had a change. Unfortunately, the barn that burnt down before it burned down, we had it redone we had to change the doorways because he was too tall. So he's four feet high. Incredible. He is a and tall about, pig. He's a and giant. And he's, he's about seven feet long and about 950 pounds. So, but, and the sweetest animal here, he's literally the only pig or animal I would take an apple and put in his mouth and not risk losing fingers. He would chew around your fingers. Like the most gentle, you know, the gentle giant. He, he's like the definition of the gentle giant. And um, how old is King Carl? He's 12, and unfortunately, their lifespan is only 12 to 15 in a good situation. Now, we rescued him from a breeding situation where they were just going to dump him because he was done being the male on the breeding facility, and, and he never saw the accident. He is a farm pig. He never saw the light of day as well, so he's blind. You know, his optical nerve is too weak, and he can't see, and he's about 85% deaf, and he can get around the whole farm, go wherever he wants. Uh, they can smell five feet underground, so they are incredibly uh, resourceful. He doesn't bump into walls. If you didn't know him, you would have no idea that he's deaf and blind. And how long has he been with you? Over a year, and he's thriving. You know, we have him on a really balanced diet with fruits, vegetables, and grains, and he gets a large amount of CBD oil every day. So we believe in alternative therapies as well as Eastern and Western therapies. So everyone here, uh, if there's issues with them, they'll receive acupuncture, they'll receive Reiki, chiropractic care, laser therapy, uh, CBD oil and nutrients and other, um, we do like turmeric and stuff like that. And we do red light therapy here. So we do everything, you know, okay, anything I'm coming that over, Todd. Bring I, it I on, bring need, it on. I may need some treatments myself. <laughs> they, you know, the chiropractor comes once a month. You know, the Reiki person comes once a week. We'll do it Whatever we can, because the problem is, is these animals, there's no research. So it's really the sanctuaries that are doing groundbreaking work on just trial and error because there's no money in it. You know, when you take a farm pig or, you know, and take them to a normal farm vet, you know, if they have more than a sniffle, they'll be like, just call them and call means kill. So just kill them. There's no reason to keep them alive. You wouldn't spend money in them. And you'll see that when I we take our pigs to Cornell. We use a local vet, Catskill. He's wonderful. He really takes care of us. But in large situations, in large, he doesn't handle uh, on-site. Like if they, we can't take a farm pig to him. So any kind of surgery, a farm pig or major surgery, they go to Cornell. And when I first started going to Cornell about and five so years ago. Cornell is in Ithaca and it's in Ithaca, Cornell and University it's huge. Veterinary Center. And they're amazing, probably one of the best in the world. And so when we bring a, an animal there, and I've been going there for five years, you know, you go in there and you'd see farm, farm, farm. And that means breeders, dairies, meat, farm, you know, because they have all where they came from on the stalls. And so it was like 80%, you know, where you'd see, you know, dairy, meat, blah, blah. And now you go and it's like 50% sanctuary, 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 sanctuary. So we're changing the world. And it's really yeah, wonderful. It is, Todd. So how do you want to see the world change? And included in that is please share with us what you have experienced living with pigs. Well, my dream would be to be uh, unemployed, to not be needed. 
where the world stopped eating meat because it's not an efficient, healthy, or any food. You know, there's misconceptions of all these new labels of, you know, um, farm to table. You know, and our facility was a farm to table facility so before we that. took it over. And so farm to table was like, oh, the animals are raised and they are um, humanely slaughtered. That's an oxymoron. There's no such thing as humane slaughter. Right. It doesn't exist. Or that exist. term, Todd, happy meat, I've heard. Happy meat. They all die in the same slaughterhouse. Now, we find bodies here literally every day, and the way he used to kill them here. Now, this is a backyard butcher. This is a farm-to-table facility. There are hammer holes in the head. So the farm that has now become Arthur's Acres Animal Sanctuary was what? A so slaughterhouse. There, you've described that you were... You had the printing business, you left that, you began working with animal sanctuaries, and then you founded your own. And when did you found Arthur's Acres, and what led you to be located where you are right now in Parksville, New York? You know, I was working at another sanctuary, and it just became time that I, w- I wanted to move on and do something else uh, with animals, whether it was my own or work somewhere else or did in a different aspect of what I was doing. And so it was like a pipe dream. I'd be on Zillow and other real estate sites, and this property came up because I was looking at stuff, nothing really fit in 2018, in August, I believe it was. And so I, um, I worked with this real estate agent before, so I set up an appointment to see the property. It was about an hour away from where I was. And he was running late, so he messaged me. He goes, I'm running late, but you can go on the property. They've left. There's no one there. You can walk around and do whatever you want to do. So I'm walking around. I get on the property. I'm with my friend Carrie, and she, uh, we see a rooster run by. And then we see a peacock. We're like, that's weird. There's no one here. Why is there animals here? The real estate agent got there, and he said, I said, you know, we're seeing animals. He's like, oh, they said there might be some animals that were left behind. I said, what? He goes, yeah, maybe a horse, maybe a pig. I don't know. He said something about that. I said, what? And I walked away from him. He's like, where are you going? I said, I'm going to find the animals. So the place was horrible. There was death everywhere. There was dead animals, like chickens laying underneath, you know, just trying to get shelter. And they just died of starvation and heat exhaustion. You could see bones everywhere. And so I walked into a hallway. I heard a noise and I heard the sound of a pig. And I, I walked in this hallway that was riddled with flies and there was there was water with black stuff in it and you know his food was maggot covered and i see a pig the most beautiful pig i've ever seen in my life obviously and so i just looked at him i just said you you're uh, you come with me we're together forever now man and what pig is this this is arthur from arthur's acres so now they always tell me their name so that wasn't like a thought process i looked at him i said you're arthur and my grandfather who was my step-grandfather was arthur and i had an incredible bond with him and he wasn't my real grandfather and he didn't really have to be as amazing as he was to me but he was he was my i adored him and it literally just came to me in that second and i called him arthur right away and so the real estate agent's like oh pig i'm like yeah i'm taking this pig he's like what do you mean i'm like get in touch with the owner and tell him i'm taking the pig whether he likes it or not now you can't just take a pig because in it's a federal offense to steal a pig, an animal that's being raised for meat. If you steal someone's dog, it's not the same thing. It's like a slap on the wrist, but you steal, it's a federal offense to steal an animal from a a facility, a meat facility. So he got in touch with him, he agreed to surrender him and the gun arrest is history. We went back and forth, uh, you negotiating on the property and, and I was nervous because I saw like how much work this place needed. It was a mess. You know, it was, it was an absolute mess. 
I took Arthur to a friend of mine's sanctuary, uh, Mike Sturr in New Jersey. And I say, and I, and I, as I had him, like, could you babysit a pig? He's like, sure. How many people are going to say, yeah, yeah, I'll babysit your pig. And so Mike took amazing care of him. And at that time, my dad had a quadruple bypass. I was driving home from the hospital. It was like a month and a half later. And I hadn't heard from them in weeks. And uh, I get a text, which was weird because you would think he would call and said, oh, you got the property. I said, wow, I probably should get some money now. <laughs> <laughs> well, so Todd, thank you for sharing this about how you ended up in Parksville, New York and the Sullivan County Catskills and the inspiration that Arthur the pig, who your sanctuary is named after, has given you. You're a very new sanctuary. Two years said, old. Right, just two years old. So what is it now that you have your own sanctuary? And how many, how many pigs do you have in the sanctuary at this? Uh, we have 25 on site. We have one that's coming to us in a couple of weeks, a baby. And we're always working on new rescues. We're building a new barn right now because our barn burned down last year. So we're in the process of finalizing that. We have 50 animals here total. We have chickens, ducks, cats, and a dog. So we have 50 plus animals at any one time. We grew a lot. You know, it goes in spurts where we don't take in animals because we are working on, we got to get this barn built, you know, and we'll never take an animal in that jeopardizes the animals we are already cared for. So financially, physically, we cannot take an animal in that's going to jeopardize the care that we are giving other animals. So right now it's just me and I have someone help me, a special needs person that lives here, Todd. He's also Todd, Todd too. Um, And he's wonderful and he lives on the property and he helps me out and we have some volunteers, but it's basically me and him from day to day. What have you discovered in having your sanctuary in terms of a possible transformation of a person who is exposed to the education you provide and with their relationships with some of the animals that are now the residents of the sanctuary? Well, I get messages every day multiple times a day that people have changed the way they eat because of, of me showcasing them, whether it's online, whether them visiting in person, but showcasing their individual personalities. You know, I put a video out every day. I put a picture out every day and I go live almost every day. So people see the interactions. So um, my education basically stems from showing them that they have individual personalities. The animals want to live, you know, whether it's a chicken, whether it's a pig, we focus on pigs because I feel it's really important to focus on very specific so we can really further the, the lifespan of these animals and quality of life for them. They're just incredible. They're as smart as a four-year-old child. They're the four smartest animal on the planet. They love, they know their names. We have a video that went viral and has millions of views because I literally called a pig by her name. She couldn't see me. She's around the corner. There was, you know, 15 pigs feeding in a field. And I said, Katniss, Katniss. She came around the corner herself and came to me. It went viral. It blows my mind that people are so surprised that a pig knows their name. They're brilliant. We do enrichment with them. We have paintings in their stalls. We play music 24 hours a day for them because it's like locking. It would be like putting a four-year-old kid in, in a stall with no stimulation they would go crazy. So we're, we, they like stimulation. They love, they grieve when someone passes. It's beautiful. They're just, they're incredibly intelligent, smart, beautiful, loving animals. So somebody might say, but there's so much other suffering. So how do you frame it for 
people who come to you either virtually or in person? I mean, I believe the world should be vegan. I don't believe that anything needs to suffer for our existence. That's that's a, a, a scam. We're not cavemen anymore. Um, our bodies aren't built to process meat or dairy. And But these marketing companies sell you that you need it. You know, the whole calcium myth with cows and stuff like that. It's all just a big myth. Well, I think, you know, I, I talk about peace begins with me, peace begins with you, peace begins on your plate. I talk about that all the time, you know, and so it's just the peace. And, and with an animal, you know, yeah. that can really, their payback is loving you unconditionally, you know, and so I don't need anything from them. I just want to take care of them because I feel that they have a voice. It's not being heard. I hate when people say they're voiceless. They're not voiceless in any way, shape or form. They just need to people to listen because you've come here at four o'clock during feeding time you'll know that they're not voiceless oh, right. but, that they um, have opinions and needs they, and as you said they're individuals and uh, people there needs to be people like me who who fight for their rights to live without without being tortured we have six pigs here that were being burned for medical testing so their backs have 18 burns on them which they took stainless steel rods and burned their backs 18 times unnecessary in today's scientific and technological world, but it still happens. And so we need to fight for them, whether it's being slaughtered in a truck, you know, they can transport a pig to slaughter for 36 hours without food or water. And that's legal. And the points that you're bringing up are so important because it's, it's the way that we treat them also reflects on the way we treat each other. I mean, that there is not a separation. Oh, no, not at all. I mean, it's just, you, you, you need to have compassion for everything. You know, whether it's a pig, whether it's a yeah. person, whether it's a tree, you know, it just, you know, it's just, our compassion has dissipated incredibly lately. How has the pandemic impacted you since before the pandemic, you would have educational tours and visits and uh, those kinds of things. So I'm just wondering if you can address what your sanctuary and sanctuaries face during COVID-19? Well, I mean, financially is the biggest part of it. You know, people are losing their jobs at, you know, a record number. It's crazy and I feel terrible, but we are a nonprofit. We don't take, there's no one that takes a salary. You know, we survive off of donations alone. And so it's hard because we're asking for donations to help feed and care for these animals when people are out there starving themselves. They're losing their jobs, they're losing their homes, they're losing their, their automobiles, you know, they, they can't pay medical bills, but we still need to survive as well. And we have wonderful people that do it, but people drop out every day and you can't get mad because, I, and I always say, people are like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, do not apologize, take care of yourself, you know? And so, um, you know, we do tours, we stopped doing tours, we started again, then we stopped again because it started getting bad. So tours is, is one way we generate income and we'd never, it's a suggested donation. If you can't afford not to come, we don't want that to be the reason you don't come because I want everybody to come here and be educated. So the upswing is that I go live almost every day. I go live six days a week and that I'll go live on Instagram and Facebook at the same time. So I can educate people that way. So my main thing is to educate and get the message out there of compassion. Yes, and Todd, you do that so well. I have to say that for me, it's this incredible reality to tune into your live feeds, to your videos, and to follow the lives of the animals on the farm, your pig family, animal family on the farm. And I think one of the recent ones that really struck me is this relationship between Louie and Marty. <laughs> 
Wait, wait, wait. It gets better. You got a second? Okay, yes. Eve moved in too. <laughs> okay, so. And that's so funny because I've gotten like five messages today because of that. It's the craziest thing in the world. And he is thriving because of it. He's thriving. Okay, so quickly because we are running out of time, but who's Louie? I see him. Louie was, was, I got him from Allenville. It was a family that was never supposed to have a pig. So Louie, uh, we got him from Allenville. It was a family that was not allowed to have pigs. It was, it's a rule in the town. And fortunately they fed him just about to death. So he's morbidly obese, hadn't walked in months. Our vet went there to do an exam on him and called me. He's like, you got to come pick up this pig. He's dying. We picked up Louie. Um, you know, he walked for a couple of days and then went down and hasn't walked in a couple of months. And we're doing a lot of therapies with him and getting him. He's receiving the best of the best. And uh, we really feel that he's only two and a half years old, that he will walk again very soon. And the other night, uh, about a week ago, Morty, our little tractor pig who we got locally as well, another obese boy broke into, <laughs> I'm going to cry, broke into Louis Stahl and started sleeping with him. I didn't even know he was there. And so Morty uh, started sleeping with them, and we found that Louis moving around a little more. And then uh, yesterday morning, I went in because I flip Louis all the time so he doesn't get pneumonia. And, you know, and we clean him and, and you know, feed him. And, and, uh, and I, someone started yelling at me, and it was Eve. And Eve's in there now, too. So Eve, and, and they're in like this little stall, and I'm not, and he's driving because I'll go in the morning. And Louie won't be in the same position he was the night before, so he's moving, which is awesome. So whatever, and these pigs know, man, they know it's so cool. And they know he needed them, and they showed up, and it's awesome. And he's thriving. He's doing awesome. He's way more animated than he has been, and we're so happy. He's lost so much weight. He was double his normal weight, what he should be. Which is what? What are we talking about? I mean, he was probably, he was close to 300 pounds. He should be about 120. Hmm. Well, these are beautiful stories and reminders of how we are all here together, all connected. And the more kindness we can share with each other, the better. 100%. The better everything will be. I'm just wondering if there's anything you want to take us out with, Todd. I mean, just, you know, have compassion. That's all I ask is, you know, have compassion for animals, for people, uh, for the planet. You know, that's really, you know, I mean, I know it's not everybody's in agree, but go vegan, man. Go vegan, love animals. There's no reason to eat them. You can't love an animal and eat it too. Thank you so much, Todd. Peace, love, and peace. Peace, love, and pigs. Thank you so yep. much. I've been speaking with Todd Friedman, who is the founder of Arthur's Acres Animal Sanctuary in Parksville, New York, in the Catskills. And I encourage you all to visit arthursacresanimalsanctuary.org. Meet the animals there. You can sponsor Katniss or Prim or Rue or King Carl. Tune in to Todd's live videos that are daily events that I really look forward to and uh, give, give me so much every day. So thank you, Todd, for everything that you do. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You're welcome. The animals of the world exist for their own reasons. They were not made for humans any more than black people were made for white or women created for men. 
animals can communicate quite well, and they do, and generally speaking, they are ignored. Alice Walker. The greatness of a nation and its moral progress can be judged by the way its animals are treated. Mahatma Gandhi. From the kitchen table, out on the road, I'm Sabrina Artell. Thanks for joining me for Sabrina Artell's Trailer Talk. The music for the show, Patti Smith, People Have the Power. Trailer Talk is produced by Sabrina Artell. For more information, please visit trailertalk.net. Special thanks to WJFF Radio Catskill and the numerous people who have donated their time, resources, and conversations to make Trailer Talk possible. Thank you all who joined me in these conversations. I'm Sabrina Artell. Safe travels.